I came of age in the 90s. As a teen, my personal heroine was Tori Amos. Teen me, like most teen girls, was insecure and awkward. And here was this grown woman straddled across a piano bench, banging out music where she explored her sexuality, femininity, and what it meant to be in a woman in society at that time. The women I loved and the music I listened to told a different story than how I was feeling as a 15-year-old girl. I wanted to be the woman who wasn't afraid to be her authentic self while also single-handedly taking down the patriarchy. And now I have a daughter. She's an amazing human, and the weight of this responsibility is one that I take very seriously. Like most moms, I want her to grow up to be kind and inclusive, to have empathy, to be smart and curious, but I also want her to be assertive. I want her to know that she can and should stand up and advocate for herself and others when she feels she's not being heard or that something is not right. I want her to know how to simultaneously be a light in the world, but also unafraid to put somebody in their place to stand up for what she believes in. Today, I talk with Mary Gartner, a girl mom to Nora, a sweet and precocious four-year-old going on 40. She too wants to raise a strong daughter who feels empowered to do and be whatever it is that her heart desires. According to Mary, parenting Nora feels much like parenting herself, and we talk about how she's navigating that in a way that honors her daughter's spirit. We also talk about Mary's role as the director of the Greater Cincinnati Chapter of Girls on the Run, a nonprofit after-school program for girls in grades three through five, where participants are inspired to build confidence and other important life skills through dynamic interactive lessons and physical activity. Mary also shares how she has learned to stop martyring herself at home and find time to recharge and how she's learning that not everything has to be a lesson when it comes to raising kids. This is Your Mom Has a Podcast. I'm Amanda Strong. Okay, go ahead. Uh, Why don't you tell us who you are? Hi, I'm Mary Gartner. I am um, married to Brad. We've been married for 11 years. He's my high school boyfriend. Um, We are parents to Nora. She's four and a half. And I'm the executive director of Girls on the Run Greater Cincinnati. I've been working there for a little over 10 years now. For those who might not be familiar with what Girls on the Run is, can you give us a little description of what that program provides? Yeah, so Girls on the Run is a character building and running program for preteen girls. So we combine character building lessons with running and walking. So the girls are training for a 5K while they're talking about self-esteem and body image and how to be a good friend, how to choose a good friend, you know, just all kinds of issues that are really impactful to girls in grades three through eight. And then they come together and run a 5K. And that experience really gives them the chance to show that they have worked towards a goal and then they've met a goal. And that is something that a lot of kids at that age haven't had yet, kind of that long-term goal setting, work towards it a little bit at a time. And once they've had that experience, that's something that they can then apply to other areas of their life. And how long have you been doing that? I've been with Girls on the Run for a little over 10 years. I have had several different positions in the organization. I've been the director for five. And how did you get into it? Because you went to school to be a teacher, right? I did. I did. So I graduated college in 2008 when we were in (laughs) an awesome economic time. So um, super great time to try to find a job. Um, I had an elementary education degree like 
a million other unemployed 20-something. <laughs> so I was substitute teaching, hating it so bad. And somebody told me about Girls on the Run, and I um, was a volunteer coach. So it kind of gave me a little bit of that feel-good experience that I thought I would get from teaching and was really lacking in the subbing department. And then after about six months, there was a part-time job available. I thought, well, I don't have a teaching job, so I might as well try this. And I mean, we'll see what happens. I can always keep going or I can keep applying for teaching jobs if that's what I want. And, um, you know, pretty quickly, I determined that it was a much better fit for me. Mm -hmm. It's hard enough to be an adolescent girl, right? I mean, it was tricky to navigate those waters when we were kids. I feel like there's this added level of pressure for girls today um, as we look at performative social media and all of the different outlets that kids have now to express themselves, which can be great creatively, but it can also be a place to be bullied, a place to be pressured into maybe doing things that you don't necessarily want to do. So have you guys found that there's been a shift in the kids that you're working with and do you talk to them about this in addition to talking to them about you know self-esteem because i would assume that they kind of go hand in hand absolutely it's all intertwined now i mean it's horrifying (laughs) and exactly what you said like it was hard enough to be 13 and um have al instant messenger (laughs) like the extent of those kinds of problems. But a really neat thing about Girls on the Run, so it's a national organization. It's in 200 cities. Um, So the curriculum is designed on that level. The minds who are behind it are experts in their field. So it's much more relevant and detailed than if, you know, we tried to cobble something together. So they are constantly editing and changing the content to try to fit what's happening with girls. So those lessons are intertwined in all of it because it's very real about this is what is happening in your life. And here are some tools that you can use to adapt to that. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, in terms of how to be a good friend, how to choose a good friend, some of that content looks different than it did 10 years ago, absolutely. Um, And that's one of the reasons that the program starts in third grade because it's designed to be getting the girls before some of these major issues that they're gonna be facing. You know, a lot of people will say, why isn't there this for high school girls? Like, we're hoping that they won't need it by Mm -hmm. the time, you know, they've done something like this. We would love to give them the foundation standing up for themselves and deciding their own values to go into those years and be able to navigate them a little bit more smart. Mm-hmm. Smart? Smartly? Wisely? A little bit better. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Friday, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. Trust me. In addition to this work that you're doing, um, you are also a mom and you have a little girl. She's so adorable. Um, you guys have made a conscious decision, correct me if I'm wrong, to have one kid, yes? Or are you contemplating? Um, conscious decision sounds really strong. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't say we've made a lot of conscious decisions. <laughs> we're, we're, we are very uh, averse to to claiming as permanent. <laughs> we talked about moving for like four years before we were like, okay, let's just like probably make it happen. But it is looking more and more like that is the reality. I think um, pretty early on we felt that. We just 
said we feel like our family is complete mm-hmm. and um we've always been that way like we i mean we got married really young you know we were children you can relate yeah um so people and by people i mean my mom were like <laughs> immediately asking when you can have kids and we would just say when we feel like it mm-hmm. and they thought that we were like bullshitting them and i just said i'm not going to say like 5 years and then you know, feel pressured to do this if I don't feel ready or like I want this. I'm not going to put a time on something and say like, this is the the time. So we were married for about seven years before Mm -hmm. I got pregnant. And so we kind of approached the rest of it the same way. We didn't really know. We definitely want three kids and that, you know, this is what we want. So within the first year, we, you know, kind of thought this, this feels good. Like we're, we're pretty good with this. And we would kind of talk about maybe what kind of spacing we would want if we would have another one. That time came and went. And now it's just like, damn, we'd be starting all over. <laughs> I feel like we have missed a lot of the benefits of having kids close in age. And it just it does it just doesn't feel right right now. So we are okay with um with having one kid and with you know, knowing that a lot of people don't make that conscious choice, but it feels right for us. And Mm -hmm. if at some point it changes, I think we'd be open to it, but it it feels more and more like that door's closing. Mm -hmm. Do you find that you get people that are just like shocked or pushback from grandparents, you know, as excited as your mom was when you got married and like, when are you going to have kids? Like, Do you find that in general, those closest to you have been accepting? I mean, I know it's none of their business and they have no stake in the game, but it's it's rare, I think, anymore. I feel like when we were kids, like two was kind of the normal average family Mm -hmm. and anything beyond that was kind of like outside the realm of what was considered normal. I feel like today, most people have three or more. That's kind of what you find on average. So do you find that people are like, what? Like, yeah, like anything with um, being a mom, being pregnant, having children, people love to give you <laughs> their opinions on your choices. Really? So, um, I think I think the people closest to us probably have the least opinions about it or are the most supportive. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of that like periphery of people who feel like they should immediately tell you what they think of you. <laughs> Have you, what, can you share some of those things that people have said? Yeah. So I'm trying to think of the the context for this. So there's a woman, I don't want to like, no, you okay. don't, so no. there's a woman that I was, you know, meeting with professionally. She's providing a service um, for us. And we, you know, just started talking and I was, you know, talking about Nora and that, and she said, I'm an only child and you should not do that to somebody. <laughs> And I was like, okay, cool. Like, (laughs) we just met. (laughs) And then she went into, like, a lot of things that were really hard. And I'm sure that they are. Yeah. I don't think that giving somebody a sibling is, like, a magical answer to, like, you're not guaranteed that they're going to be best friends. You're not guaranteed that they're going to work together in your old age. Like, we're all just, like, shooting some stuff at the wall and hoping it sticks, right? Right. So a lot of the reasons that people have given – when they feel like imparting it and like, all right, I mean, hope it works out for you. Like, <laughs> I'm glad you're happy with your choices, but like I am too. So yeah, I mean, with anything, people love to to give an opinion, but I think in our, in our family, I mean, 
I, I doubt anybody's going to listen to this. Brad has two siblings. They're not close. You know, yeah. he is within four years of his brother and two years of his sister. And, you know, they don't have a close relationship. And my brother's six years older than me. So I think that's why I always was comfortable if there was going to be a large gap. Mm-hmm. Because I didn't grow up with that, like, sibling relationship. We kind of both operated as only children. Mm-hmm. And... He's he's also he's my half brother, so we have different dads. He would spend the summers in Georgia. You know, I just very grew very much grew up like an only child in a lot of respects. And now, I mean, I love him and he's great, but they're also not like the closest people mm-hmm. to us or the ones who are like the most like us in our parenting. So I just feel like you get to choose your family mm-hmm. and decide who you're bringing into that circle. And biology isn't the only indicator for whether somebody should be invited in. Yeah. Has Nora ever asked you or said anything about giving her a brother or sister or having siblings or, you know, playing with friends and noticing that, you know, maybe they have other kids in the family? Has that ever come up? Yeah, it started to come up a little bit recently. I I thought it would have come up a lot sooner because she loves babies and um, thankfully, your sister has provided a lot of baby <laughs> experience for her. So I think I was able to just be like, look, there's babies here. There's always babies here. And that was great. Um, now, you know, I was almost two. So we're kind of losing that. She doesn't like them as much when they have an opinion. <laughs> but her, um, her little best friend at school is going to have another little sister. So she's been like when are we having a sister? Mm-hmm. And not even like, I want this or this, but just kind of seeing maybe that our family is in the minority and mm-hmm. that kind of thing. And I just say, well, some families have one kid, some families have two kids. She says, when she's a mommy, she's going to have four babies in her belly. Oh, like, Godspeed, my friend. <laughs> but she hasn't really um, dwelled on it or, or said like, oh, but that's not what I want or mm-hmm. I wish I had. She just kind of looks around, I think, and says like, huh, this is our family. Her personality is a lot. Like she, (laughs) she fills a room and I think she likes that truthfully. Like I think she likes to have the spotlight Mm -hmm. and a little bit of her might know that (laughs) her time would be up. I think the hardest thing is that she's really social. Yeah. And sometimes I'm like, I mean, she's just up my butt, right? Because there's not another yeah. person there. But we moved into a neighborhood with a lot of kids. So thankfully, there's a lot of kids like going house to house. And that has really helped to give her that. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's really the only time when I'm like, I wish there was another four-year-old here right now. Yeah. That would be great. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, it can be nice to just, I mean, my kids, they'll pair off. It's very rare that they'll go together as a threesome, um, but they'll pair off and they'll play together. And now that Lennox is getting older, he and Bennett, and it can be nice, but then there's the other side where they want nothing to do with the other mm. and they're fighting. And they're fighting, and, yeah. <laughs> Stop it. Yeah, so we, I think the hardest thing to parent is um, understanding that we can give her more opportunities if she's the only one, mm-hmm. but she doesn't need them all. Like we, we don't have to treat her that way just because we can or yeah. it's available. Um, she doesn't have to do every activity just because she's not sharing time. And, you know, I don't have to buy her the little thing she asks for, even though it's much more affordable to buy one than three. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's an easy answer of like, 
not getting three of these, but um, it doesn't come as easily. So I think that that's probably the hardest conscious decision every day of just because we can doesn't mm-hmm. mean we have to or mm-hmm. should. Yeah. What's it like being the mom to Nora? She's got a big personality. She's a firstborn girl. You've said that it's like parenting yourself in a lot of respects. Yes. What's that like? Yes, it is exhausting. <laughs> um it's really funny because her personality has come out a lot in the last year or so. She's in a small preschool, and I think it's given her the opportunity to um, be a little bit more confident. She was a much quieter, like, baby-toddler age, and the kind of kid, like, we didn't even um, baby-proof at all. Like, it was just the thought that she would, like, climb up on the back of the couch wouldn't have even crossed mm-hmm. any of our minds. So... We kind of thought, like, we have this docile little girl that was just kind of the, like, trajectory we saw. But as her personality has come out, it's like, no, that is, that is, maybe she's careful in her actions, but she definitely has big feelings and personality. So, um, it is a constant struggle because, like, I run a female empowerment organization (laughs) and, like, this is, this is what I want, but it's so hard. It's so hard. And... Like, one of the things, it just drives me crazy. Um, She's super into princesses. Like, she is so girly. She is into all things princesses. And I just thought that's not what I would have. I thought, like, here we are changing the world. And, like, my kid's going to want, you know, Superman or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I struggled with it a lot because I felt like it was um, about me. And it's not. (laughs) I thought, like... You know, she would say, can I be a princess for Halloween? I'm like, yeah, you can be anything. You could be a princess. You could be an astronaut. You could be all these things. And my husband, Brad, said to me, I think she knows she can be anything. Like, <laughs> she's never been taught that she couldn't. You know, yeah. she's not out in the world yet. <laughs> and I think this is what she's choosing. And I was like, oh, God. Like, it's, so, it's so painful. But she takes such joy in, like, expressing herself through her clothing and – she will put on like the craziest mismatch things. Everything is more, more, more. And she'll be like, mom, is this amazing? <laughs> it is. It, it's so amazing, honey. And she'll say, am I beautiful? I'm like, you are always beautiful. It has nothing to do with what you're wearing. You're like, she'll go, stop telling me things. Like, she's so tired of everything being a lesson. It's hard. I feel this pressure, especially with having a girl that everything has to be a lesson and I'm always second guessing myself on how I talk to her and what I say because I, I there's this huge fear of raising these girls who are polite and quiet and subservient and you know it's that it's that line between how do I raise this girl that, you know, is empowered and and sure of herself and a lot of the things that I don't feel like I was at that age, but then also like recognizing that like she's also this person that like just wants to fit in and doesn't want, you know, there's that right. How do you how are you navigating that and and pulling back on because of everything that you know and everything that you teach through Girls on the Run and then you're also a mom so there's that emotional side to it how do you feel like you're walking that line between 
I mean, usually not well. <laughs> it's super hard. It is. I just, the other night I just had like a breakdown. I was like, I'm fucking everything up. <laughs> Brad was like, I don't even understand like where this is coming from. And I was like, she was wants to wear lipstick. And like, why am I putting on makeup? Because now she thinks she needs it. And I don't think she is thinking in those terms at all. She's like, this is a fun thing. Mm-hmm. And that's what. I am always up, up, up in this big picture of like every single decision is a building block of whatever. Yeah. And that's where I have a very good partner who's like, I think it's just, (laughs) you know, she thinks something is fun and she likes it when a dress twirls. Yeah. And that's really what it is. Yeah. And I mean, I think there's a little bit of both. Mm -hmm. I, I do think... I think our society is getting better about the way we talk to little girls. I think there's a lot of awareness around it. But I think especially generationally, Mm -hmm. they're constantly told they're pretty. They're constantly complimented on their appearance. So that message is still being amplified by enough people that I think it's important to have a different message at home Mm -hmm. about their minds, about their abilities, about how hard they work. So that's what I try to do. And then I'm like the lesson person. So she thinks I'm boring. (laughs) (laughs) I always, whenever Quinn asks questions or I start to explain something, I can see her just like kind of slowly fading away and I'll stop and I'll say, do you want to talk about this? Like, do you want an answer or were you just asking the question? Because you just asked a really heavy question and then you just went to like whatever you just looked at on YouTube. She's like, no, I, I want to listen. So it's hard because yeah. I don't want her to tune out and not pay attention. But also, like, if you're going to ask and, like, we're going to be here in this, you know, whatever it is, like, let's have a thoughtful conversation about it. Yeah. And I think what I'm learning and what I'm trying is to um, answer with the smallest amount of relevant information and Mm -hmm. see what she asks for because Mm -hmm. she is not ready for a lot of the larger discussions that I feel like this is my opportunity. I have to say the thing. We were in the car the other day and she was saying that a friend at school told her that she couldn't be Elsa. She had to be Olaf. (sighs) (laughs) And I was like, well, okay. I mean, I think Olaf is really fun, but I want to be Elsa. Okay, honey, you can be Elsa. Yeah. But so-and-so said, I can't be Elsa. I was like, you know what? So-and-so is not the boss of you. And if you want to be Elsa, you can be Elsa. And you can tell her, I am Elsa. And this whole conversation is so ridiculous. (laughs) But you can say, I am Elsa. And if she doesn't want that, then you don't have to play with her. And you can make a different choice. Mm -hmm. And, like, that's where I should have stopped. (laughs) But then I went into, like, a larger picture about how we treat our friends and (laughs) how to be a good friend and how people make us feel. And she said, this is making me so tired. (laughs) You got to love that four-year-old honesty, man. It's like, okay. I don't want to be like, but did you get it? (laughs) So I don't know. It's that thing where you're like, I hope I'm getting something through there and maybe they'll hear enough of it. And when they're 30, they'll appreciate that they heard those messages. <laughs> Were you raised like that? Were your parents pretty um, pretty open and honest with you about 
kind of letting you explore because I think that for our age, it was, it was the Reagan Bush era and it was very different to raise kids. So did you find that your parents were like that and that's kind of what informed you or do you think that's just who you are as a person and who you wanted to be as a mom and that led you to make those choices on how to raise your kid? Yeah, I don't, I don't know that my parents had like an intentional parenting strategy. You know, I Mm -hmm. think it was a little bit more like, we're just gonna keep these kids alive. It was, (laughs) it was probably a lot easier to, to navigate the day. But I mean, my, my mom had her kids really young. She was 21 when she had my brother, Mm -hmm. um, 27 when she had me, she and my dad got married because she was pregnant. She loves, I want to call myself a bastard. (laughs) (laughs) So I think, you know, she did the best she could. My parents did the best that they could. And I think they, they tried to get those messages in, but I think it was just a more um, conforming kind of society in terms of the way that girls and boys behaved. Mm -hmm. And it was a little bit of the status quo. Yeah. Now, I saw on your Instagram the other day, um, Nora is wrestling. Why don't you talk a little (laughs) bit about that? Because that is, I mean, I don't think I know anybody who has a little girl in wrestling. Um, So what led you to that? Is she game? Does she like it? Given the fact that she seems to be very into skirts and dresses and princesses, like how does she feel about wrestling people? Well, there are um, specific shoes that she gets for wrestling. So (laughs) that's a bonus. Um, My husband's a wrestling coach and it's something that he kind of fell into. He didn't even wrestle like in high school, but mm-hmm. um, at a school he used to teach at, he was about the only um, male under 30. So he became <laughs> the wrestling coach and he's really loved it. Um, he coaches football, he's coached track, but there's something about wrestling that he really likes. Like it's so individual. There's so much determination. Like the most athletic kids can be terrible at wrestling. Um, so he's really enjoyed that aspect of coaching. He feels like he gets to really know the kids through it. And they run a youth program. So I think he's bringing her to get her out of the house one night a week and give me a break. Yeah. Wrestling season is long. It's it's a tough, tough season. Most Saturdays, um, it's like a 6 a.m. to 10 p.m. kind of situation. Oh, my gosh. Um, by the time they, you know, have to do their weigh-ins and go through every weight class. So he knows that it's hard on me. So, you know, he tries different things. She's the youngest one in the program. She's the only girl. Um, but they're... They're um, different ages. So she's with just a lot of other little, you know, most of them are like five and six, but they're running around and they don't know what the hell they're doing. So she just thinks it's fun to go to work with daddy and run around on the mat. He teaches all these, I don't know any of the words, but like he teaches all the positions, I guess, Mm -hmm. as animals. Mm -hmm. So she's like, you want to see bear? And then like (laughs) do a thing with their body. So right now she thinks it's fun. And there actually is a big movement for girls in wrestling. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, it's not a gendered sport. Like girls, it's not boys wrestling. Girls can wrestle. They just typically have not. Yeah. Um, Because of Title IX, you know, if there's not a girl's equivalent, they have to be allowed. Mm -hmm. So a lot more schools are starting to have a girls program um, and some colleges are even starting to have um, it available. So it's neat to see something like that happen just Mm -hmm. in terms of the larger conversation of what we're experiencing for girls. Um, So I don't know. She thinks it's fun and we'll see. She likes gymnastics. She likes dance. Yeah. 
right now she likes wrestling too. So it's nice to have a little bit of diversity in there. Yeah. When it comes to activities, do you feel like you want to let her pick and lead or will there be something maybe that you did or something that you guys think is important? Like for example, music lessons, is there something that you will like not force her to do, but it's a non-negotiable, like you need to have this as part of your, you know, childhood experience? Yeah, we would definitely like to get her in um, some music lessons. And that seems to be like performance is definitely what she enjoys. She does classes at the Children's Theater and Mm -hmm. is super into it. Um, Gymnastics is actually actually one of the things that Brad was super passionate about because um, the body awareness that they learn. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I know you have like a very good gymnast, (laughs) but even if they're not going to excel to that level, having... um, an experience where they're young and they're learning to control their body in a, in a tighter way, like it's just me and my body, yeah. translates really well to other athletics. And that's something that he saw as a wrestling coach. Kids who would be awesome at track or football would come in and not really know how to, you know, do these small, focused, controlled exercises because they didn't have that kind of limb control, for mm-hmm. instance. So he thinks that every kid should do gymnastics as like a baseline. So Interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. So she's doing that. I, yeah, I think we'll see what she, what she likes. She really likes, um, these kind of like hybrid dance theater classes. And I mean, personally, I would really love if that's what she wanted to do, (laughs) but I'm trying to let her choose. She doesn't seem like she wants to play many sports yet. Yeah. That's kind of fun with me. (laughs) What's your biggest challenge being her mom? What do you find is just like, oh. It's hard. She is just so damn like me. It is so, it is so hard because I already find myself getting in like a battle of wills with her. And I'm like, you are a grown up. Like, what is your problem? (laughs) But it's because she hits it right where it hurts. It's like, you are saying the thing and I know exactly where you're coming from. And it's hard. I mean, She's she's very, very stubborn and um I just I know I mean I know exactly what she's thinking when she is and we'll just be staring at each other. And <laughs> I mean my husband thinks it's hilarious because it's just so so clear. It's just funny. Every time we go somewhere, people are like, Wow, she's like you're you're mini. I'm like, yep. <laughs> you don't even know the half of it. So you know, I think I'm always trying to think, um, what kind of message would I have wanted or, but I mean, sometimes she's just being like an asshole of a kid and like, yeah, I know. It's hard when they're, cause that's Quinn to a T and I'll have to remind Chris cause he'll get into, oh my gosh. I mean, she will argue toe to toe and I'm like, dude, she's nine. Yeah. Like, pull it back. Yeah. <laughs> but it can be hard to temper that because, man, when they are smart and they are articulate and they are just like ready, like in that space to argue. There was one day she was arguing about why she shouldn't have to do her homework. And she got to the end of it and he was like... Yeah, actually, you're right. Like, <laughs> I think you just won. Yeah, like I don't disagree with you on any of these points, and it's it's hard to, like you said, remember. Like, this is going to be really helpful someday. Yes. Right now, it sucks. Yes. Is there any like hack or tip or trick or anything that you've been able to like employ to 
maybe like talk her down or work with her when she's like it just in a mood? Um, I put myself in timeout first. Like I walk away all the time. One of the things that um, I mean, I obviously do a million things wrong. One of the things that is really important to me is just not yelling. Like I grew up in a very yelly house. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very yelly by nature. That's what I want to do. Um, but I know because she is me, like that's not effective. Mm-hmm. Um, she's very, very sensitive. And like, I can remember my dad being like, don't cry. I'm like, well, I'm just going to cry harder now. <laughs> and like, I, I wish I wasn't. And it has nothing to do with the situation. It's just happening to my body. <laughs> so, you know, we try to really like feel our feelings and whatever. So very big on just, just taking a break, just taking a break, um, taking deep breaths and kind of coming back to it. So she has responded really well to that. Mm -hmm. Um, She will even now, like, she'll put her hand on her chest and, like, take some deep breaths because she knows when she gets really worked up. Yeah. And so, like, that – I mean, that's a thing that when I see that happen, I'm like, oh, God, it's like something is working. Something is happening (laughs) well because I know. I know it's so, so hard. And um, that's one of the things that Brad and I will differ on. Like, he just wants to be more stern. Yeah. And – I think he thinks I'm, like, going too easy on her sometimes. And, um, like, I just don't think she's going to respond to, like, that tone of voice. Or as soon as she sees you coming in hard, because she's so sensitive but also stubborn, Mm -hmm. like, she wants to deflect. She's going to double down. Yeah. She, like, goes into her shell because she doesn't want to show the sensitivity because of the stubbornness. But that's, like, what's driving her. Mm -hmm. So that has been – you know, just a learning curve of trying to find the right tone and time to to get in and have the conversation and also realize that, like, 10 minutes later, she doesn't even remember what happened. So yeah, when they're in an emotional place, like, they are not acting out of their, you know, cerebral mind. It is just mm-hmm. something is happening in their environment that's out of their control and like trying to talk in that time is not going to be fruitful for anyone. Right. <laughs> yeah. What do you think that you do really well as a mom? I think that, um, I think I do a good job of letting her be who she wants to be. And I think I do a good job of showing, um, that it's good for mom to be who I want to be too. Um, I've never shied away from getting a babysitter, from, you know, letting her know I'm going to the workout class or seeing my friends or going to work. And um, I think when she just sees a variety of experiences, then it continues to just open her mind of like, I really can do anything and just never like dabble in that mom guilt of like, should I be taking this time away? Mm -hmm. I mean, usually she's having more fun with a babysitter that she would be with me. And I wouldn't want her to feel guilt about a choice that she's making for herself. Mm -hmm. So um, I think I've done a good job of modeling that. When you do get time away for yourself, what do you, like, what's your go-to? What do you like to do? Um, Read, mostly. Mm -hmm. Um, I go to the gym every day, but it's not really my time away. It's the time when everybody else is sleeping. So (laughs) I don't really, that's more of like a... um, sanity have to than a like restorative yeah um that's like the way to start my day but that's a mostly non-negotiable in the I mean you know it's 
it's a mind fuck when you don't get a couple of days of that. It's therapy. It's therapy. I get angry when I don't get to go. I felt bad because Lennox had diarrhea (laughs) on Tuesday and he still had it Wednesday. And I was like, and Wednesday is like my one morning where I'm not teaching. He's at school so I can go and have like two hours, take my time and do a little infrared sauna. It's really nice. And I was like, God damn it. I don't get to go today. Like you're ruining my gym time. Yeah, it's hard. <laughs> it's, it's hard. It's necessary. It makes yeah, me nicer. It does. It really does. Um, I mean, I'm still pretty social. Like I like to see friends and, and get together. But um, usually like when I really need a – a reboot it's probably going to be just like holding up at home that's mm-hmm. another thing like during the winter brad's really good about like sunday mornings they leave the house like he knows he's been gone all day saturday like they're gonna leave mm-hmm. and like sometimes that's when i do a mad cleaning sometimes that's when i like sit and stare at the wall <laughs> sometimes i go shopping by myself but yeah um with one child it's not as hard to get time to yourself so um it's not something that i ever get to the point of like it's time I need it. Like, yeah, it is something that's kind of built into the the routine of our days and weeks, which is that's nice. nice. Yeah. That's really good because yeah. that can be hard to do. That mom guilt could be hard. Um, on the episode I just released, Amanda and I were talking about it was like almost feeling like supermarket sweet. Like as soon as you get out the door, that buzzer starts, mm-hmm. and you're just like, "What am I gonna like? I gotta cram, you know, all this stuff in." into this time and feeling like you have to rush back. Whereas husbands don't tend to be wired like that. Like she was saying, she's like, my husband can go golfing for like 12 hours. And Mm -hmm. it's not because he's a bad dad. It's just that he doesn't have that same urgency. Like, and I find myself being the same way. And I think, well, Chris wouldn't rush back here. Like Mm -hmm. he would enjoy his time. So have you always been like feeling like you could do that? Or like, what, what do you feel most guilty about? That you struggle um, with. I haven't always felt that way, but it's been through conversations because I was like martyring myself. Mm-hmm. I expected Brad to martyr himself. And he was like, this is not the expectation. Like, why are you doing that? You don't have to. Yeah. So I think because I realized, yeah, it's that he doesn't feel the urgency, but he also doesn't expect it. So it's a completely made up thing. It mm-hmm. is something that we have put on ourselves and it's fake. It's it does not have to be a part of it. I think we we believe we have to be 100 percent present in every part of our lives. And we don't have we don't have 100 percent to give to everything. That That's something that has really um, I think I always knew that he was that way. But over the last couple of years, um, I mean, he's just a really good partner in that way of like making sure that I get time and not also like checking in, you know, because sometimes I I feel like partners could be like, but like, when are you going to be back? Like, (laughs) like, go, but like, what are you going to do? Yes. And there's just none of that. And I think I started out being resentful on the other side of like, why don't you why don't you feel what I feel? But then I was like, why don't I feel what you feel? Because yeah. that seems a lot better. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. Mary, oh my gosh. I <laughs> never thought about it like that. Yes. I'm like, why don't you feel like you need to, like, why did you feel like you could go to the gym today after work, after you know that I've been here and it is a shit show and everybody's probably like <laughs> grumpy and angry. You just went to the gym. Like I would have rushed home to be like, ah, why don't they think about that? <laughs> 
one day I told one of my girlfriends, it was like a Sunday afternoon, I was like, I just took a dad nap. And she's like, what are you talking about? It's when I disappeared and went upstairs and like didn't tell anybody or say like, I need a minute. Yeah. I just went missing and I was sleeping. <laughs> and it was fine. Like the world kept spinning. Yeah. yeah. Like, I just like, I'm tired. I need like 45 minutes. Just go lay down. Yes. Like, I'm just going to walk away because that's what he would do. And like, I would be mad when he did it. Yes. But like, why don't I just live that way? Because it's so much better. Yes. Oh my gosh. You, you literally have like, I mean, Saturday mornings, I'm like in the kitchen scrubbing. He comes out, he gets a cup of coffee and he goes back in bed and like watches the show. And I'm like, why am I the only one out here like trying? Oh, okay. You've just changed my life. I'm going to try. Just disappear sometimes. I'm going to try it. A hundred percent. Wow. Wow. I've just wasted 10 years. Honestly, not not anymore. What has uh, what has surprised you the most about being a mom? Just blindsided you, like, oh, I didn't even know. I think how fast things change. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like it's a very memeable thing to be like. Just when you buy a Costco box of applesauce, your kids will hate applesauce. <laughs> but it's like not just that; it's literally everything. Where you're like, got it, and then like a whole shift happens. Like you just never, you just never know what's next. And um, I feel like that's something that like you hear, but you don't believe it until you see it. Yeah. And I also just think how many times I do things that I said I want to do. Like on both like good and bad. Yeah. I think like parenting style is a good example. Like I read Baby Wise when I was pregnant and was like, we are going to by three months be on this schedule and like this will be, I'm not even that scheduled. So like why I thought I was going to be able to like manage it and impart it on a newborn is like, (laughs) you know, like pregnancy hormones extreme. But then I was like the person who was nursing a one-year-old in the middle of the night. like. So that's like a thing that I said I wouldn't do, but I think it was the right thing for me, for her. And that's like translated into the way that I parent her, where like I probably thought I was going to be more of a stern disciplinarian and Mm -hmm. that's not what works for us. Um, But then I think about like how many times I've made a sandwich for dinner instead of making her eat what we eat. And I'm like, if I had never done that, would she be eating this? Like, mm-hmm. if I had just never given that option, if we never had goldfish, would she just <laughs> eat the Thai food? I don't know. Like, it's too late to find out. Like, we are we are here and she will eat carrots and hummus is her only vegetable. And like, God help me if she turns orange because I'm like, have you eaten a vegetable carrot? Yes, I know. I don't think it matters because my eldest, they eat whatever. And I have fed them all the exact same way. Lennox will not touch a vegetable, just repelled by them. So, and he, I mean, he ate it as a baby. And then all of a sudden one day he was just like, nope, gags. I love that. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh, that will, I have to get up and walk away from the table when that is happening because Nora is now at like, okay, try, try one bite of something and yeah. If you don't like it, you don't have to eat it. Yeah. And the gagging, like, <laughs> like my skin crawls. I'm like, you guys good? Because, like, I am going to lose my shit. <laughs> so sorry about your noodle. Yeah. Oh, my God. You're so hard. <laughs> it's crazy what they decide. All of a sudden, they just don't like. 
I put something down. That's disgusting. <laughs> Did you try it? Really? You have to take a one bite. Oh, I hate this. That's disgusting. disgusting. And he just walks away. I'm like, well, I guess you're not eating. Yeah. It's impossible. <laughs> that, that is so frustrating. When Nora is grown and living on her own and she's talking about her childhood what do you hope that she remembers the most if maybe it's an event or something that you do or it's just a general feeling what would be your best case scenario who said she's living on her own <laughs> <laughs> my best case scenario is a little bedroom <laughs> No, I don't know. It sounds yeah. like she is like up yeah, and gone. I know. My husband would like, I, he would not even like me to say that as a joke. Oh, I joke um, and say I just want to damage them just enough, <laughs> just enough that they just stay close. Yes, exactly. Um, I think, I think it would be a feeling. I think just a feeling of um, like love and acceptance. Um in all, like, we try to make a cozy home and just, like, a place where, like, this is where we can relax and cuddle up. Like, she's still such, like, a physically affectionate little girl. Like, she'll, like, put her cheek up and, like, sit as close as she possibly can. And I think we, like, take every advantage of that as we can. And I hope she just feels that that love bubble. I mean, there's so many things that I'm sure... I'm doing that are going to send her to therapy. (laughs) I hope that that's the thing that she never doubts and, you know, what choices she makes knowing that, that she's accepted at home and, and whoever she is or decides to be, or turns out to be is, is perfectly okay. Mm -hmm. What is the one thing, um, the responsibility either as an adult or as a mom that you would be totally fine Brad taking over like something that you do that you're just like not again bath time I fucking hate giving a bath oh my god she will will not close her eyes yeah so she screams the whole time about water in her eyes she acts like I'm performing an exorcism to wash her hair (laughs) there's like gross little bath toys all of it like when are you gonna take a shower by yourself (laughs) if he's home he usually will do bath time but I'm like how many days can we go yeah it actually drives me crazy because as, as we talked about the skin situations mm-hmm. with mat activities like mm-hmm. um, gymnastics and wrestling. She is gymnastics on Monday nights and wrestling on Tuesday nights. And I'm like, why didn't we plan this better? Bath two nights in a row? Like, <laughs> we should have staggered these activities because this is terrible. Has she always been resistant to baths? Yeah. Really? Yeah. I mean, I can't. It's in my eyes. <laughs> Close them. Oh my god! It's Have you so tried simple. giving her a washcloth to yes, hold on her forehead, and yes, it doesn't help? No, it's like one little <laughs> trickle ripples down, and then like brushing her hair is like a whole thing. And she has this beautiful hair, and I don't want to cut it because yeah. it's like so amazing. But then. Like, the neighbors probably think something crazy is happening by how she screams when we touch it. Yeah. So, all of that, like, and it's, like, the end of the day, you know? You're, like, I've made it here. Mm-hmm. The end is in sight, but I've got to do this big, <laughs> annoying thing. I think they can go. My mom used to get on me about how long I would go between bath times. <laughs> I was, like, they're little. They're, you know, unless they've been outside, like, in the mud, dirty, sweating, uh-huh. being gross. 
And it's winter now, so that helps. It's winter now, that helps. Now that they're getting bigger, though, it's like a non-negotiable, like... You're going to smell. At least every other day, we need to be Mm -hmm. washing our bodies. Yeah. I don't know why they hate it so much. I mean... It's so such a nice to make like, you clean. I know, right? I mean, you smell good. It's relaxing. Like, yeah. why, guys? Yeah. Like, don't you know when you like need to wash your hair mm-hmm. and it just like feels gross? Yes. Like, don't you feel that? Yes. The same thing with brushing their teeth. I'm like, I know your mouth can't taste good. Right. <laughs> just brush them. I know, and you buy like the fun toothbrush and the fun toothpaste, and it still doesn't help. I don't get it. Ugh. Four years. It's not that much time. What would you look back and tell Mary that doesn't have kids or pregnant Mary? What would you tell her to maybe make her time a little bit easier or just to give her that leg up as a as a mom? Um, I think she needs to get herself to the doctor a lot sooner. <laughs> what kind of doctor? Um I had doctor. <laughs> so Nora was about um, six months old when I figured out something wasn't right and um, was diagnosed with postpartum anxiety. Mm-hmm. And the anxiety was crippling. Like I just laid awake at night dreaming of scenarios of, and then I would like wake around and be like, when you're, um, this was like a real example, when you're at the grocery store and you get her out of the pumpkin seed, make sure you don't put it on the in the parking lot because a car could be driving by and they wouldn't see the car seat on the ground. And he's like, what, what are we at? Like, it's just a thing that I thought of. And like, I just had to tell you. Yeah. Because what if that happened? And so like, I wasn't sleeping. Even when she was sleeping, I would just like sit there like on maternity leave. Like I can't sleep because what if something happens? So I think I could have enjoyed that period of time more if I had been able Mom. to <laughs> relax a little Mommy. bit. Hold on. What? We're talking. What? I want to go to there. Okay, she's not home right now. Go back. We're almost finished, okay? And can you go there? Yep, we'll see if she's home, okay? No, only their dad is home. Okay, well, we'll go see if Miss Becky's home in a little bit. What was the first indicator to you that, I mean, was it was it just the random waking up at night? Like... Did you recognize that you needed to go? Did somebody say something to you? I recognized it. I finally was like, I don't see other people acting like I am or feeling like I seem to be feeling. Like other people feel like they're like, oh, you can prop your baby like on a pillow on the couch and they're probably going to be fine. And you can like sit there for a minute and you're fine yeah because they're one month old so like they're not gonna get up and go away but all of those kinds of things like stopped me from just like sitting and living my life like especially the time when I was on maternity leave because like I had Brad home for five weeks Mm -hmm. like it should have been like a much I don't want to say easy but like now I think like God, just to have a newborn for three months and, like, all you have to do is, like, lay there and eat and breastfeed, like, that sounds easier than some of this, like, really difficult parenting stuff. And it just seemed so, like, impossible to even, like, make it out the door or make it to the next nap. Like, all of it was just so insurmountable when, Mm -hmm. I mean, she was, like, 
very regular baby. Yeah. (laughs) She woke up, she ate. We had no, like, major issues, so... I think and then like I went back to work and was just like a shell of a person. Like I was so exhausted. I was so overwhelmed. I couldn't um I felt like I couldn't do anything. Like I couldn't make any decisions anytime. So what my doctor said was if you feel like you are not your normal self, then you're probably not like everybody's operating at kind of a different baseline. Mm-hmm. But if you feel like you've gotten that far away from yours, then we probably need to to look at our options. Were you anxious prior um, or have any inkling that you had anxiety prior to having her or was it purely just this like huge responsibility of like, oh shit? I'm, I've always been an anxious person and I, I maintain that to this day, but I think <laughs> it was just such an amplification of it. Like it was a perfect storm yeah. for things to come to a head when you add in the responsibility, the sleep deprivation, all of that together really. Yeah. I can mess with you. Yeah. That sleep deprivation, man, that just makes it... Makes you crazy. Oh, gosh. A million times worse. Are you still in therapy now? No, just medicated. Yeah. (laughs) Do you find that you still struggle with some of those hypervigilant things about taking care of her or when you interact with her? Or do you feel like you pretty much have a good handle on it? I do sometimes. There's like specific things, but I think they're more of like, um, like regular parent. Like probably everybody has like a fear that their kid's gonna get snatched mm-hmm. or molested, right? Like that's that's a thing that we're all scared of. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yes, I let Bennett walk into karate the other night by himself, and he's it's like above half price books, and uh, and Quinn was like mom, you let him stay home by himself. Why can't he walk into karate? Because I wanted her to walk with him. And it's literally up two flights of stairs and the door's right there. And I was like, oh God, please don't get snatched. I was like, you're worried about him getting snatched walking up two flights of stairs and you can see him half the way because it's all glass. Yeah. I think he's going to be okay. It's hard. Yeah. I'm a very worst case scenario all the time. Mm -hmm. And it's very hard to keep that from getting on my kids. I don't want my kids to grow up being afraid. Right. Growing up being afraid, growing up feeling that they can't do things because we're scared of it. So yeah, yeah, everything's dangerous. I know. I know. (laughs) (laughs) But I do think it's, I, I, I at least can separate the like reality from the feeling now of like, you know what? I think part of being a parent is always having like a low level of concern in your gut at all times. Like, I just think that that's there. Like you created this person and you, you have no idea if like what you're doing is right. Like it's so far off when you get the actual like proof. So I, I think that there's probably always like a little (laughs) happening inside and it's just about keeping that managed of like, is this real or is this my brain? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Thank you. I didn't ramble too much. <laughs> no, this was great. This is perfect. Thank you so much for sitting down and talking to me and imparting your wisdom. 
Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode or any of the episodes thus far, if you take a minute, go to Apple Podcasts and leave a five-star rating and a review, I would greatly appreciate it. I am a one-woman show over here just trying to put something good out into the podcast universe and any kind of feedback that I can get would be so appreciated. You can find us on Instagram at your mom has a podcast. If you have a story or know someone who does, or you just want to come chat what it's like to be a mom today, you can reach out to me through Instagram or email me a Gordon, G-O-R-D-O-N-1-6 at Mac.com. We'll be back next week with a new episode.